This episode of Talk Film With Me is brought to you by Laha Truffles. Jamie, do you like a truffle? Oh, I love a truffle. Oh, let me tell you about Laha Truffles. They pride themselves on making treats that help you feel good, mindful and satisfied. They believe this is best achieved by using natural, high-quality ingredients that give you peace of mind and body. In this time of uncertainty, it's more important than ever to be kind to ourselves and mindful of what we put in our bodies. Not only are these truffles gluten-free, they also contain no refined sugars as well as being suitable for vegans. Jamie, does that sound right up your alley? Well, you had me at truffle. (laughs) (laughs) If we had you at truffle, please visit them at lahatruffles.com. Laha Truffles, being mindful does not mean being boring. In a cloud where there are already too many film podcasts, you have to ask yourself, what's the harm in one more? Two ordinary men armed with unqualified opinions. Talk filmy to me. Hello and welcome to the Talk Films Me podcast, the film podcast about news, entertainment, general pop culture. Each and every week we drop a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever good podcast services are found. But join me on the pod today it is a guy who's been on the pod a long time ago for a long time. He took a break off into the sunset, but we have called him back. Like the Mafia, we just pulled him back in. He is a regular contributor on the BBC. Jamie Hannon, how are you doing, pal? Every time I try to get out, they just grab me back in. <laughs> I want to say regular contributor. You're not like, hello, my name is Daryl from Halifax, and I am disgusted with how the BBC have been treating the news recently. You actually like involved in audio quite a bit. Recently, you were on there with Vanessa Phelps, weren't you? Uh, yeah, I was on the Vanessa Phelps show for BBC London. I was uh, on BBC Scotland as well. Um, that was uh, that was uh, yeah, that was good. I was put online on air with a, a real life astrologer. Uh, which nice. I was not expecting, so I had to do an online debate. Um, obviously, science won. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and potentially, potentially in the works, might even be an appearance on Towie, mate. So I'll keep you updated. Oh, my God. Uh, what are you going to do? Are you going to bring crayons for each of them? Oh, yeah. That, 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 that's, that's just the, the warm-up act, mate. <laughs> yeah, I also heard that um, they they put uh, peanut butter under the gums of the stars. So they could, No, that's how they made the Mr. Ed's TV show. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but how are you doing, pal? Oh, mate, it's good to be back. It's good to talk about films, especially as they're slowly starting to come back out of the studios now, aren't they? They are, they are, but I can't help but feel, especially uh, people in the northeast of the UK who might be listening to this, mm. uh, Way up the lads. Uh, sorry, you won't be able to go out for a while. Lockdown is starting to come in. So uh, you need these podcasts more than ever, guys, to, to give us a bit of escapism and tell us what is going on. Anyway, Mr. Hannon, before we actually before we crack on with that, mate, it has been a minute. What have you been watching? What have you been doing? Oh, mate, that's a question and a half. I've been obviously, like everybody else, on the old uh, Netflix, smashing through Netflix. Uh, I'll tell you what I did watch. the. Um, I know you talked about this the other week, Karate Kid. Cobra Kai, ah, yeah. yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, love that, absolutely thought that was brilliant. I can't believe YouTube didn't make more of that. <laughs> their loss, well, uh, I mean, yeah, they, they made it as an original thing for their, their streaming service, but mm-hmm. like they, they're kind of doing a similar thing that Apple Plus is doing, right, in terms of commissioning amazing original content, or maybe not original, but at least pulling on uh, an original thread that hasn't been pulled on for a while. But then just resting on their laurels. Like, oh, fuck it. We made yeah. Cobra Kai. We'll wait for the, the eyeballs to come in. And I think it's what killed it. And that's what might happen yeah. to Apple TV Plus as well. If they don't well, start churning it out. It's funny you mentioned Apple TV Plus. Absolutely loved a couple of their shows. Uh, was it called uh, Scene or C with uh, Jason Momoa? C, yeah. 
See, uh, yeah, love yeah, that. Yeah. Ted Lasso, mate. I don't know if you've seen it. An American football coach uh, from like second division American football comes over to the, to coach a Premier League football team in the UK as part of like the chair <laughs> the chairwoman's plot to sort of bring it under. But this guy is like the most positive guy in the world. It is brilliant. They release an episode every Friday, and I've got, at first I was like, oh, I hate when they do that, but. It actually gives me something, you know, gives me another highlight to a Friday. It's a great TV yeah. show. Couldn't recommend it. It's nice, easy watching. It's a really funny but heartwarming. Couldn't recommend it more. Really, really good. Nice, nice. I've been uh, getting back in on the boys. Um, I absolutely loved oh, season yeah. one. Season two is a banger. Um, it's starting to pick up, and the whole weekly release schedule yeah. thing. I don't mind that anymore, man. Like, cause yeah, it means yeah. you've got something to look forward to. And also, I don't know if um, others think people are starting to pick up on this but it's becoming like in america the after show has always been a big thing like you've got talking yeah, yeah. gay talking bad all that sort of stuff that's starting to become more of a thing in the uk like uh, game yeah. of thrones we don't loads over here but after every time amazon drops a boys uh, episode there will be a talking boys episode straight after and they are so ah. good like if you really do enjoy the show it's great that they're starting to do more of them for other shows did you did you find that the first I thought the first episode or two was a bit slow, uh, mainly because Butcher was. That's because I got the ring introduced, haven't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, like, I was like, I need Butcher. I need Butcher in my life. Someone released a video recently of just him constantly calling people cunts. It's brilliant. I'd like to think that if my life went down the swanning because of some evil corporation, that is the man I would become. That is what I'd like to think. But I'd probably become more like I'd probably become more like Ricky Gervais in Afterlife. <laughs> Still bitter, but just doesn't do anything about it. <laughs> just just put on an Australian accent, and uh, hopefully you'll get there eventually. Just keep That's kicking right. open doors, and just say, "Well, aren't you happy? I've come here, you twats." Uh, or something like that. Like. Really good impression, mate. That's a really oh, good thanks, one. Pal. Thanks, pal. Yeah. Working on my Billy impression. Anyway, shall we crack on with news? News. Right, so we talked about uh, The Walking Dead a while back, and Jamie, you are, like myself, a massive zombie fan, and when we talked about certain news of cast members leaving, we got a few complaints on social media. So the next, like, two or three minutes is going to be about The Walking Dead, and by the nature of the news, it might be considered a spoiler. So jump forward two minutes, and uh, then then you're all good, okay? Right, they gone? Right, cool. So The Walking Dead is going to... People were complaining about The Walking Dead. You know, like seasons, like how far behind are they? Well, it, it was a massive spoiler. To be fair, that um, it's not like that, that we made you but Yeah, but we weren't talking about it like the day after it happened. <laughs> it was like catch up, people. Well, anyway, don't Jamie. They're not here. We'll tell them to skip forward. Anyway, oh. so The Walking Dead is going to end with season eleven. Now they're calling it season eleven, but the truth is, it's not season eleven. It's actually seasons eleven and twelve. They're going to be doing a bumper twenty-two episode arc to finish off the show, and it's going to span over the course of two years. This is very similar to what Breaking Bad done. Um, I do believe Mad Men done something similar as well. Can you think of any other shows where they basically said, "Oh, we're going to take our time yeah. and release it over the course of a couple of years for that final season"? No, I think you've nailed the two there, really. Uh, I know lots of TV series where they uh, they give it another series but then shorten it to eight episodes just to finish it off in a rush. 
Yeah, um, well, Hello Arrow. Yeah, yeah. Arrow, Arrow Castle was another one of those. They just sort of, let's let's give let's give the fans a little bit of something to not be disappointed by, and then they just ruin it. <laughs> well, we're we're still actually owed a finale for season ten because uh, lockdown came in just as they were making season ten. So they, oh, sorry, mm-hmm. they're finishing season ten. So they have made a finale, but it was made in lockdown. They have promised that the first episode of season eleven is actually technically the finale for season ten, but they're going to give us loads of content straight away. There's going to be a massive walk. Walking Dead universe. Um, there's already a couple of spin-off shows that are in development that will be dropping over the next six months. But to kind of soften the blow of uh, the show coming to an end, they have announced another spin-off, which is going to be following none other than Carol and Daryl. So, spoiler alert, they make it through to the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have to, don't they? Daryl's the only character they make money off of. So <laughs> yeah, they've got, they got to keep him. That's the only thing about the AMC. Is that because you knew all the other characters were comic book characters, but Daryl and a few other of the latest ones as well, I suppose. But Daryl particularly was the invention of AMC. It's like he was never going to die, which I was glad about because I love I love Daryl. I don't think everyone loves Daryl. Yeah, the t-shirt him. says it: "If he dies, we write." Yeah, but, um, I, I look. I've. I am a massive Walking Dead fan, as people know. We talk about it all the time on on this pod. Um, it has had a bit of a lull. Um, I haven't necessarily been won back with season 10, AKA walking dead, the new class. Did it set right view or did you, did you lose your way of it? Um, it I, I, got me, I, I found myself playing a lot of catch up. Like I used to find myself every October waiting for the release, getting really excited. And then it religiously in the calendar, like doesn't matter what else is going on. Well, I'm watching that episode on release day. Uh, this year it kind of passed me by uh, season 10 and then I, I, I had like a day where I did a massive catch up and that probably helped me watching back to back to back to back got me engrossed in the new characters rather than right. week on week and actually I found myself buying back into it like you said you and me are massive zombie fans anyway like it like you know it, it could be a one star or half a star Netflix like special from I don't know some backward studio in the smallest town in the middle of Australia. And the best one. Oh, they, they are the best one. About that. <laughs> you know, I, I love Cockneys versus Zappa Zombies. I thought that was a great film. I was more than happy with that one. But I think you know anything with zombies is going to attract people like you and me anyway, and probably a lot of people. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it's, it's hard when you've, you've got that sort of whole. Generally, they've had a bit of a, a gentle shift over time, but over the last couple of seasons, they've done like wholesale changes. Probably to prepare for the spin-offs, but yeah. it, it is always We're hard got to that be Grimes movie. Yeah, haven't yeah. we got that Grimes movie in the works at the moment as well? So I'm assuming the way they'll conclude season eleven will tie in somehow with Rick. Rick, you could have protected Rick. It's going to be back somehow. Anyway, that's enough Walking Dead news. People that have skipped forward, welcome back. Let's talk about Star Wars for a minute, Jamie. I know yeah. we've got feelings about Star Wars in general mm. and uh, the rise of Skywalker. Well, it turns out that it was the thing that we've been saying on our spoiler cast and every podcast on the planet has also been saying is that it felt like these movies were a little bit rushed. It felt that there wasn't necessarily a cohesive plan. And one of the stars has come out and pretty much confirmed this. Ray, uh, Daisy Ridley, she came out and said when they were making episode seven, when she was on set, she was told by JJ, look, you're going to be loosely related to Obi-Wan Kenobi, but we don't know how we're going to tie that in yet. And that is why Ewan McGregor reprised his role to do some audio, which is why the scene where she picks up the lightsaber, you hear, you're just, the, I can't I can't do an Alec Guinness impression, but you're starting on your steps, Ray. And um, I don't know why he sounded like an alien being traded on there. But either way, you can see the breadcrumbs were originally meant to be left mm. there. Now, when they started filming episode nine uh, and started to talk about Ray's um, pe- 
lineage in this movie, uh, it wasn't decided right up until the last few days of filming that she was going to be a Palpatine. Does it show, Jamie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> in short, <laughs> yes. Um, and do you know what? I'd almost... <laughs> I got so excited when you sent me over the news, and I'd have been, and I, and I was like, "Oh, brilliant!" We'll go to WAG because I'd read about it, and I was got, and I got quite excited about it, the idea of her possibly being like a niece or something of uh, of Obi Wan. I thought that's really great, and actually, I had managed to blank out of my entire memory that she was a Palpatine until you just mentioned it, <laughs> uh, and I felt my heart break all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I mean, like, it, with everything else going on, that went straight out of my mind. And then Suji said it, I was like, oh, yeah. Well, it's quite interesting it. you should say that because Rise of Skywalker has kind of fallen out of the zeitgeist very quickly, and Disney want you to forget about that very quickly as well. But Colin Trevorrow's script was originally called Jewel of Fates, uh, based mm, off the name of the musical score used in episode one, Phantom Menace. And um, that script made its rounds on the internet. Now, I'm not saying it's too dissimilar from what we got, but you didn't get Palpatine back for a start, and it was starting to lay more breadcrumbs, which suggests that Ray's lineage wasn't Palpatine. Um, and that's going to be made into an animated movie. And it's even Disney are on board with this. So it's almost like they want to back away from this as fast as possible. They're not saying it's official canon. They're just saying, look, you know, people want to see this. We're going we're gonna to make something cool of it. Um, but, yeah, it also, if you're going to, you know, like at the end, that with that fucking nosy bitch on that planet where she's just like, who are you? She's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm Skywalker. Yeah. Um, wouldn't it make more sense for her to have said, say, Solo? Because... If she's like adopting a surname and she yeah. and I'm not by the way I'm not a Ben Demption guy I do not ship her and and Ben she should have got on with Finn or Finn yeah. should have got it on with Poe anyway if we're not there they're fucking that's all I'm saying uh, they, <laughs> should, they should have made her at least a, it would have made more sense if she said solo because you know she kind of kissed the dude at the end but uh, yeah, weird I know. I know what can you do mate. It, it, uh, it'd be nice to see the animated version. Um, I'll try to work my way through like the um, uh, the Clone Wars stuff actually on Disney Plus. Um, How you find it? It's a bit. It's, it's for kids, isn't it? So it's a bit kidified. It's a bit hard to try and follow that through. To be honest with you, but um, yeah, it's it's all right. It's not something you can sit and and and, and you know watch episode after thing on in the background. Yeah, it's I've got it on the background while I write something on my laptop yeah. or something. You know, so yeah, it's uh, yeah. Fair. I need to have a kid. I think well, that's what it let's, is. Uh, I need to have a kid that's into it, and then I can watch it with you. Yeah, right. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's, that's the, the reason why you have kids, so that you've got a, a legitimate reason to get on with Star Wars, uh, the Clone Wars TV show. <laughs> so let's talk about some movies for a second. So Mission Impossible Seven uh, that was being uh, being made, but unfortunately due to COVID that was paused, but did resume production. Now a video has surfaced on the internet of one of the first shots being made in the film was of a stuntman on a motorcycle. On this motorcycle, he went across a massive, massive ramp, which then went off a cliff and was chasing an aeroplane. And people went, Jesus fucking Christ, that stuntman has got a pair of balls on him. And it turns out that those pair of balls belong to none other than Tom Cruise. This guy is going to be 60. Have you seen this video? Have you heard of this video? Uh, Someone was recording it live when they were doing it. I think it was in Austria. As you were saying it, I was like, oh, is Tom not allowed to do his his, uh, his own stunt anymore after he broke his foot? And then you were like, oh, no, it was Tom Cruise. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. The guy, I haven't seen him, but the guy loves doing his own stunts, doesn't he? 
Yeah, this is insane. It seems to feel like every movie is in a nuclear arms race with itself in terms of I've got to top the thing from last time. And this is very similar to what happened in Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. There's a very famous scene where Tom Cruise is Ethan Hunt is strapped to a plane. And uh, you you remember the opening sequence. And a lot of people were saying, bullshit, that ain't Tom Cruise. You wouldn't do that. So Christopher McQuarrie, the director, released a video showing Tom Cruise being strapped to a plane. So no, no, we've done this. Um, he also <laughs> jumped out of the plane, um, as you saw in uh, all the other movies as well. He's absolutely fucking insane. And again, like everyone keeps saying, what is the next thing to do with Tom Cruise? It's probably fire him out of a cannon. That was day one as well, by the way. Day one of filming. <laughs> I think, are you sure there's actually seven films? I can't believe there's seven Mission Impossible films. That's incredible. Like seven. I know. Uh, well, they're, filming, they're filming the seventh and eighth movie back to back because they're looking oh. at Tom going, oh, yeah, you're going to be 60 soon. And these films do take a minute to make. So I, I think they're going to finish there, but you, you wouldn't put it past him uh, to make another one. Um, I'll tell you something that I wouldn't have put it past, but it somehow fucking happened, is that uh, Sasha Baron Cohen has been making a sequel to Borat. He's been doing this in silence. He's been doing it in secret. Incredible. He's been doing it up until lockdown. And over the course of lockdown, they've been editing and getting the film ready to go. And apparently it's in the can. They just need to decide how they're going to release it. Were you a Borat fan? Oh, massively, mate. Who wasn't a Borat fan? I mean, that's just... Isn't that nice? Nice? Yeah. My sister, you like? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I was watching... Uh, in fact, it's funny. The other day I was watching a, um, a, a an old clip of... Uh, I think it was... a. Uh, Kazakhstan had won a shooting competition in some sort of sporting event and they were playing the Kazakhstan national anthem and they, and the organisers got it wrong and were playing the Borat a Kazakhstan <laughs> national anthem <laughs> it was just brilliant and it was something like and our aluminium is much better than your aluminium or something I can't remember the words of it now but it was it was it was like ours is much better quality per kilo or something was the words it was just absolutely brilliant I, 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 I'm so glad he's done that because that might make me go back and watch the, the first film again the guy's the yeah, guy's a genius. The guy's a genius. The, only, the thing I don't get though, right, is that the whole concept of Borat is the idea is that he uses real world scenarios with real people and that they don't know who he is. They just know he's a TV presenter from a country and he is doing yeah. some form of international tourism video. Now, I'm not saying the guy's bigger than Jesus or anything like that, <laughs> but I do find it very hard for him dressed as Borat to find unsuspecting people which yeah. someone in their six degrees of separation do not know who he is. So I'll be fascinated to see how hard it was for them to make this Borat sequel. And also, like you say, the first movie came out, what, in 2007, I think, 2008? Yeah. And let's face it, the world was a different place there. I know it makes us feel fucking old, but what was funny then, I don't know if that would play well now. We look back at that with rose tinted glasses and go, ha, oh, that was fucking hilarious where he wrestled that dude when he was naked. But like, <laughs> does the comedy still work? Like, is it, is it too much? Is it too problematic? So I'd be interested to see how this lands. But like I say, Sasha Baron Cohen is, I think the guy's a genius. I think he can make some yeah. really, really fucking funny stuff. So let's see what he can do with 2020 Borat. Brilliant. Looking forward to it. Well, something we were looking forward to, everyone was looking forward to, if you're an MCU fan, was a revisit back to the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Black Widow. It was supposed to be the first movie of the new uh, era after Endgame, and obviously that has been delayed significantly. Yes, I know people will turn around and say to me, what about Spider-Man? Yes, I'm talking about Marvel Cinematic Universe movies that aren't, that are, you know, just pure MCU gigs. Black Widow is actually the first one out of the can, and 
Unfortunately, it looks like that is going to be delayed, although Disney have not made any announcements officially yet. So this has been pushed back about five times. It's uh, due to be coming out November 2nd, I do believe. But due to the performance of Tenant, a lot of people have been holding back their cinematic releases. There is a theory that maybe they'll be going back to the Disney Plus model, but we do not know how Mulan has been received. So, yes, it looks like Black Widow might be delayed. We just don't know when, which is a bit of a shame. Jamie, you've seen Mulan, haven't you? Uh, what do you think? I have, yes. Yes, I have. I, well, it's, it's a, talk about a controversial movie, isn't it? Um, I mean, I've seen quite a few reiterations of, of Mulan. I've seen some of the Chinese versions, because when I was young, younger, I was very much into Chinese cinema. Uh, I've obviously seen the Disney version. I think a lot of people have gone in, especially Westerners, have gone in expecting Disney's Mulan. You know, like the the, the animated uh, Mushu sort of experience. Um, and I think the, the Eastern fans, which they were trying to appeal to, they've missed the mark on that as well. The whole Chi experience as well, like that. Like Chi is obviously yes, it's a mystical energy, but it's supposed to be about an inner force. Why is it, yeah, um, it got to be a superpower? Yeah, it doesn't need to be a superpower. Like she could, she could still be a human and still be kick ass. You know, can't she? Doesn't be need... Awesome, because she's awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She could be awesome because she was trained well and she's, uh, you know, and a good person. Um, I, I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I, I, I watched it. Um, I would watch it again. Um, Do you think thought... the, the release style of pay twenty quid and be on D plus to get it? And do you think that's going to work for Black Widow? I mean. Part of it, I, yeah, I think I was one, you know, I was one of those people that was like, "What? You've already taken fifty quid from me. You want another twenty quid? How dare you? Here's my money." Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, and the missus wanted to watch it as well. Uh, she was really keen on watching it. Um, I, 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 I didn't really understand the principle of it at first. I was like, "I've got Disney Plus. Why have I got to pay as well?" So that was a bit odd. But I also, I also get they've got to make money, <laughs> you know. So they've lost the cinema release. I do worry oh, about. We're in yeah, I do worry about cinemas uh, in that respect because if this becomes a good money earner for them and it generates good revenue, they might end up doing both. They might end up doing cinema releases and the subscription release and, and see how it goes when cinemas start, you know, becoming popular again. Um, and that and that could be even more disastrous for cinemas' recovery. Um, but ultimately, I don't think they care. I know it's a bit. Well, co- it's I know, yeah, at the end of the day, they've got to pay their staff and their and you know their dividends and their pension pots, and they don't they don't care. So, but I, I liked it. Um, it wasn't in 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 quite the true fashion of the Mulan poem. Um, obviously, there's some artistic license to that, but uh, apart from the superpowers, uh, the action scenes I thought were quite good. I was really hoping that Nick Fury would turn up at the end and recruit her for a super group, but uh, <laughs> uh, that's, that didn't happen. Let's talk a little bit more about the Star Wars train. So there was a trailer dropped for The Mandalorian, season two, the trailer dropped. Jamie, believe this, there are some countries in the world that still have not had The Mandalorian yet. So Disney have been slowly eking it out. Those poor fuckers are like, oh, you guys man. are like talking about season two. We haven't even got season one yet. That's so cruel. That is very. That is cruel. so cruel. It's such a beautifully written, directed, executed TV series. It feels uh, yeah. Star Wars. It feels have, like Star Wars. Have you seen the gallery yet? So there's a accompanying TV show uh, which talks about the making of the Mandalorian, and there's lots of round tables oh. with John Favreau and people that he made the the series with it is so good it's a great deep dive i really recommend watching that just before october Mm. 2nd because that is when season two comes out have you seen the trailer yet are you no i haven't i like first you want to go cold pod 
First thing I'm doing after this pod is watching that trailer, mate. Absolutely. Uh, and, and actually, um, Mrs. She's kind of into Star Wars, but she loved Mandalorian as well. It, it's, I think it's one of those cross, um, you know, society section TV series. Like, even if you're not a big Star Wars fan, you will enjoy this TV series. Yeah, you appreciate the fact that this is cinema in TV form and it's yeah. done in such a compelling way. I mean, quite frankly, the fact that they've been able to make this over lockdown, uh, sat there in oh. Lucas Branch, you know, it shows the, the tenacity yeah. of those people and the, the resources available to them. And let's, and let's be fair, mate. Like, we're, we're massive John Favreau fanboys, aren't we? I mean, he yeah, can't. Yeah, yeah, he can't do no wrong in our eyes. So maybe we're slightly biased on that front. And if John ever hears this, you know, we got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. You can make whatever you want, and we'll we'll, we'll love it, pal. Yeah. But um, more, more, more food, more food, food films, and food TV film. TV oh my shows. god, give us, give us we're a chef. Oh man, that's what we chef, need. That is what we need. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Another trailer that dropped was a horror from the Bloomhouse people. It's called uh, Freaky. It is going to be a body swap death loop. Uh, comedy slash horror uh this looks absolutely fantastic actually so the concept of this is that a poor girl is trapped in a death loop a time loop and she is killed by a serial killer only with a slight twist once the serial killer does the deed she wakes up in the body of said serial killer and the serial killer is played by none other than vince vaughn think of this as vince vaughn channeling a teenage girl similar to what um that sounds dodgy doesn't it similar to what jack black <laughs> done in jumanji jamie i, I think i right if you had to write a synopsis or something that's right up your alley this seems it right oh mate this i'm all over this all over this like a cheap suit I, first of all i love vince vaughn i think he's hilarious he, i've never seen a film in do it just it, I've never seen anyone been able to act in a way where they just don't it looks like they just don't give a shit but can still be funny. <laughs> like it, it almost looks like he's turned up on the day, he's kind of there, going through the motions, give me some money, off I go. I just I think he's hilarious. So I'm really, really looking forward to this film. It's what it's it's probably gonna be cheesy. It's kind of probably uh, you know, <laughs> it's gonna be one of those films that you probably look at your phone throughout because it's it's good in parts but not so good in others. But overall, <laughs> this sounds like this sounds like a Jamie Hannon five out of five. <laughs> so all right, we'll take you to the press screener then if there is such a thing when it comes out. And we'll just we'll give him a heads up saying might want it might not want to be a dark studio or like cinema because he's got to get his phone out during the during the film. It's inevitable. But he will give yeah, it a five, yeah. I can guarantee you that. But yeah. uh, it looks it looks great, though, mate. It does look great. Um, just to wrap off the trailers, uh, we couldn't not talk about it. The Dune trailer dropped. Uh, done uh, none other than Denny Veneer. I can never pronounce his name correctly. The guy who done uh, Blade Runner. The guy who done Arrival. Just to name but a few. Uh, Jamie, what was your thoughts on this trailer? Well, Joe, Dune is actually one of my dad's favourite films. Um, the original. Ah, the uh, David Lynch movie. Yeah, yeah, which was a bit of a cult classic. Turned into a bit of a cult classic, didn't it, the June film? Um, yeah, this is right on my street, mate. It's a bit, you know, dystopian, futuristic. So it's a bit sci-fi in it. You know, I'm all over it, mate. Um, so I'm, I'm, look, I'm really looking forward to it. It looks good. I mean, Jason Mamau, like, what else you need in a film these days? You throw that yeah, man in exactly. it. You're going to get everyone wanting to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, 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 as soon as I saw him on the screen, I was like, I'm sold. 
So yeah, it, it, it does look good. It does look like they've given away quite a few big beats in the trailer. Um, yeah. So if you've read the book or if you've seen parts of the film, maybe even some of the, that TV show that was done a while back as well, it looks like they have gone beat for beat to an extent with the David Lynch movie, which is not a bad thing. It's a very fucking weird and wonderful story to tell, um, Dune. Yeah. And a lot of people are... Here's the thing. The only thing that's a bit sad, not sad, but... A lot of people are critiquing this trailer saying, we've seen this all before. We, we, we've, in terms of its tropes and looks and feels that they've experienced from plenty of sci-fi. The problem is, is that Dune was actually the originator and yeah. pop culture copied that. But because you're now seeing that originator and maybe some people for the first time, they are comparing that to then what came after in terms of the story. So this is the godfather of a lot of sci-fi. This is a godfather of a lot of effects. And um, the only thing is, it looks very grey, doesn't it? It looks like a dune (laughs) brought to you by All Saints. Yeah. Oh, very much. And and anything I can say about those people, it's a little bit of ignorance there, isn't it, about, you know, um canon in, in terms of filming you know it's not like this is a new film that's just come off the off the lot this is a you know a remake of, of, of a yeah. you know a, a, a fairly successful film um no doubt in a few years time there'll be like another stargate film can only hope um <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you'll be holding that candle for a while mate you know, and, and every the same sort of comments uh, saying that though uh new uh stargate tv series apparently are being re- um revisited so I think that was me. Um, there's a good chance of some new stars, a Stargate TV series coming out. I'd just like to add, as we're on the topic of sci-fi, love a bit of Star, uh, Stargate, so I'm over the moon. Yeah, I'd love to see him do a remake. Uh, get Kurt Russell involved again somehow. Oh, That'd be great. Kurt, Kurt was good. Actually, <laughs> it's, not, it's not in the news, but since we're talking about Kurt Russell, uh, Christmas Chronicles. <laughs> no, there's not another one. There's not another yeah, one. Coming, him and Goldie Horn, the father oh, Christmas that made you think daddy can lift. He is back. Oh my God. <laughs> and it's going to look incredible. Um, oh, so uh, I, I think we're more pipe- pumped about uh, Kurt Russell coming back than Dune. But anyway, that is your news for this week. Yeah. We've spent our whole life trying to unite the world. And I'm tired, dude. Dad, we have a destiny to fulfill. Greetings, my excellent friend. We have a problem. Step forward. A song created by Preston Logan. Performed tonight will save reality as we know it. This movie is 25 years in the making, but if I'm being honest, I do not think that Alex Winter nor Keanu Reeves, when they concluded on Bill and Ted's bogus journey, ever thought they'll be reprising their roles. But alas, here we are. Bill and Ted face the music set 30 years after the first movie where bill and ted have been living their lives with their lovely wives had a couple of daughters however one thing didn't quite happen they did not write the song yet anyway that is going to unite humanity in its hour of need the whole basis of the first movie and the future has paid a visit to say hey bill ted Where's the song? Because all of reality is about to be torn apart. Um, Essentially, just to give you the the quick elevator pitch, is that essentially Bill and Ted, it's nowadays, it's been 30 years, they didn't write the song, they're kind of losers, their lives are falling apart. Uh, The future 
pops in and says, hey, you've got 70 minutes to write the song. And that's the basis for this movie. Uh, Bill and Ted have not grown up. They've absolutely managed to keep all the charm and the, the earnestness you got from the original characters, but managed to ground it in some form of realism. They've got marital strife. They literally spend every moment with each other. They don't even say to their wives, I love you. They say, we love you. You know, it's that kind of thing. It's very, very charming and goofy. Think um, Dumb and Dumber 2, but a little bit better. Um, this does have some new additions to the cast. We've got Samantha Weaving, who is uh, a relation to Hugo Weaving. Uh, she plays one of the daughters. And we got Brigitte, who's also playing uh, the other daughter as well. There are some new stars in this as well. Uh, we've got Kid Coody, who's randomly in this movie, but he's he's actually quite good. You know, he's kind of a bit of tongue-in-cheek version of himself. Um, Ed Solomon, uh, one of the original writers and producers, is back on producing and writing duties uh, in this movie. Um, there's also some splutterings of cameos from the original movies. Death makes an appearance in this again, and he's just as hilarious as he was in the previous movies. Look. This movie is a nostalgia trip. It is literally the first two movies shot with acid and that told in a very funny way for 2020. It's the antithesis of a modern 2020 movie, which is absolutely what we need right now. Um, it was released in the UK a couple of days ago, but it's actually been around in the States for a while. It's been a very interesting release pattern of this movie. At the start of September, this was available in the US, both in cinematic and on-demand releases, where in the UK, they've only done the cinematic release. So I don't know if many people have seen it, and judging by the box office, uh, that appears to be the case. Um, is this movie worth bracing a mask and going to the cinema for? Um, I would say no, um, and I don't mean that in any negative critique towards uh, this movie. Uh, I mean it because the UK is becoming scary at the moment, the R numbers jumping up and all that sort of thing. So um, I will say wait until it becomes on demand. I hope that they change their, uh, the status of or their stance on where they're at with that, and I hope they do put it on, on demand, hopefully to recoup some money, because like I say, it's not doing particularly well, which is a crying shame, because it's yeah, it's a good time, it's, it's charming, it's very earnest. There's one big critique I have with this movie though, and that is, if you're going to have a movie based around the, the, the whole central point being a song, that song being the song that unites humanity, you better have a fucking good song, and you can tell they avoided talking of that song in the first two movies and rightfully so the whole point of this movie is actually we've got to face the music and do the damn song uh, one of the plot points is why don't we just go to the future and steal it from ourselves and you can see in the trailers that doesn't end particularly well for them um they never really solved that conundrum of what is the song that could actually unite humanity in a way that people would be satisfied with. And I don't think they've done a very satisfying conclusion. I don't want to go into spoiler territory. But um, it's not a particularly great conclusion. And there's a lot of like, oh, you've really led some breadcrumbs there, which were kind of boring and kind of predictable. That being said... This is a tonic we need for 2020. There's such earnestness about this. Yes, they are dumb as hell. Of course they are. It's their characters. Um, like I say, this is kind of what Dumb and Dumber 2 should have been. Like, it really did revisit the world, but wasn't doing it in a way that was just, oh, it's just sad because they're kind of old and redoing the same things. These are, there is a bit of emotion here. There's a little bit more evolution. I really, really enjoyed this movie. Um, unfortunately, not a lot of other critics did by the looks of it, which is a crying shame, really. But I'm going to focus on the people who said it was good. So I'm going to talk about what Peter Bradshaw at The Guardian said. 
Not excellent, maybe, but by no means bogus either. This cheerful Bill and Ted frequel brings the story of our two laid-back heroes up to the melancholy autumn of the middle age. And yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um, let's see what a rotten person has said then. Uh, so... Let's go with this one. So this is Ed Whitford of the O-Tray. Turns out whatever Rufus told them or whatever we're led to believe back when men could... Oh, it's a very... It's just being some sexist twat. Ignore that. Don't even bother reading that. <laughs> some people do not like narrative change. But uh, I do like the narrative change. I really enjoyed the movie. I'm going to go three out of five. Uh, reason being is that, look, you know, you're not going to... You're not going to reinvent the wheel with this. It is it's a nostalgia trip. It's a reminder of what those movies were. It made you want to go and watch the previous movies. And, you know, that's a good thing. And it's definitely something atonic we need in 2020 right now. So there you have it. Three out of five. Bill and Ted face the music. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you've liked what we've been listening, well, click on that like, follow, subscribe, whatever button it is that you get more content from talking to me. If you do subscribe, you'll be getting our Tenet Spoiler Special. I've got a few guests. We're going to be talking about the film, some plot holes. We also can explain what the fuck that film is. Also, I want to be thanking my main man, Jamie Han- Jamie? Jamie, I should say. Jamie Hannon, how can people find you? Well, they can find me uh, on Twitter, mate, at Jamie TFTM for talk filming to me. I think I might start doing a, a one for the actual Twitter account um, for myself as well because I do have a personal one and I'm starting to get like actors and like producers following it and oh. because I've either interviewed them or done stuff for the podcast and which is I'm very grateful by the way thank you but um, 90% of my tweets are either shouting at the government or complaining <laughs> about trains so I probably should actually make like a talk filming to me personal thing and link all that in. Anyway, it's a really long outro, isn't it? I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this. If you've enjoyed it, please subscribe. More importantly, keep two metres apart, wear a mask, follow the rules, stay filmy. Till next time.